0: hey what's up guys Arav here and welcome back to the pit lane podcast episode number 125 today to talk about the belgium grand prix some more fallout and kind of more detail about it and then also preview the italian grand prix because it is a back-to-back gp scenario back with use you, your host myself arav callum and tom uh obviously myself and tom were on the instant race reaction we kind of gave our thoughts straight there and then about the belgium grand prix but callum was not there unfortunately so callum do you want to Tell us your thoughts about that GP. Was uh, like me and Tom agreed on, a very decent Belgian Grand Prix, actually?
1: Yeah, I still managed to catch it. And um, quite the, I think it was a a simmering banger. Like, it was a good race. I did quite enjoy watching it. Very good strategic battles. Obviously, it had a big cloud over the top of it with, obviously, the news from the day before with Hubert. And it did, obviously, you two have already probably spoke about this. It did leave Sunday feeling slightly odd. Not wrong, but just odd. And it felt quite bizarre, and especially racing on the track, and obviously a lot of the drivers, including the race winner, it was in tribute to him. And I'm glad they did go racing, obviously they did only cancel the F2 race, but I'm glad they did go ahead with the F1 and F3 race, because that's what he wanted. Um, and I think it did give a race that he, he, he would have liked. It was really, really good strategically between Ferrari and Mercedes. It's dead mind-blowing at the minute for me because I've grown up in the last, well, not grown up, but in the last, what, since 2014 to 2017 with Mercedes always being the car that's the fastest in a straight line. And this was such a bizarre race weekend yeah. for me, where it was Ferrari that are really good in a straight line with their engine and their downforce package being very, very not draggy at all. Um but uh, yeah, I did thoroughly enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoyed the midfield battle. I thought that was absolutely brilliant uh, with the likes of Albon Kivyat Kvyat coming through the field. Uh, Ricardo trying to make his tyres last for pretty much the whole Grand Prix. And um, the little battle between Hamilton and Vettel as well. We still got a little bit of wheel to a racing at the front, which is what we always like to see. Uh, didn't carry on the, um, the absolute bangers, but we had quite a lot of them in a row so we we was waiting for one that was quite simmering a little bit salty that this race was better than the race that we attended last year but we'll skip over that but overall yeah still really enjoyed it and um very very interesting in the battle between the ferraris and the mercedes yeah well that's going to continue on into uh, into italy obviously that's going to be very interesting to see obviously Merck
0: have already or total wolf's already said it is going to be very tough for them to uh to really challenge they, they think hamilton said that they need to find that extra top speed before monza and what uh, total wolf said in a different presser that obviously they can't find you know what is it 15 kph or whatever in four days they can try their best to you know really lower down the error because that really is why the ferrari is so quick it's just Honestly, because that car doesn't have much downforce, So it's actually just very quick because of that very reason. So I guess Merck can try and strip away a lot of the aero for Monza, which every team will do, no doubt. But it's going to be tough for them, uh, which is going to be kind of interesting because I think the last, you know, I I mean, last year, yeah, last year Ferrari were very good. But over the V6 era, I guess, and even like the, the end of the V8 era, you never went to Monza and thought, yeah, Ferrari's going to turn up here for the home Grand Prix and be great. It's going to be awesome for the home crowd. It's always been kind of, oh, this might be another year where they have to tr- you know, try their best and hope for some good luck, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. might be another pretty tough home Grand Prix for Ferrari. So it's going to be quite cool knowing that they as a team can go into this Grand Prix and also the fans can go in, knowing that they will probably be, they have to be, the strongest car on paper. Um, so that'll be kind of cool.
2: I still wouldn't say they're going to be majorly strong um, and they right. i'm not going to completely rot off mercedes because they are mercedes and too many times they're like oh yeah yeah we're just, of course we're just, we're, just, we're just not there and they're like you know even at spa on friday they were like oh yeah we're, we're dropping a second sector one alone to the ferraris and then come come race day <laughs> it's like sorry what what where's that where's that gone then so um yeah ultimately i think sundays are, are a different story because things do level out quite a bit. And um, again, we know that Ferrari don't can't use the engine mode they use on Saturday, on Sunday. So yeah. again, that's another. factor. Well, I, think safe, year, I think it's very safe. I think safe
0: to say that probably Ferrari have pole rebooked in. I think.
2: I think you can say that. Yeah, I think um, their problems to be the race. Like, la- even last year, they um, they got one, two, but in the race they struggled with tire blistering really badly, and also obviously yeah. Sebastian being out of the race early on, um, put Raikkonen in a two v one situation versus Mercedes. So um, yeah, um, I think they've got to try and exercise their demons from last year and try and get top of the tyre wear issues. I think in the last race at, at Spa, Vettel, rarely actually, a rare one from him, he actually struggled with tyres. He mentioned that he never really struggles with tyre wear at all. It's not been a problem for his all season. It's been more of a Leclerc issue, where it was in the race he fades.
0: Yeah, and Leclerc um, mentioned that himself as well, yeah. So, but
2: um, um, it was actually Vettel this time, surprisingly, and he, they need to try and sort that out. But, uh, well, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was a
0: surprise, on? though, to be honest. Do you? Because like, Vettel the, pit so surprise? much earlier and was pushing oh, right. like a stabbed rat. Like Yeah, watching I, that race, I genuinely
2: thought it was a two-stopper for him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Before you the radio this, message happened. That. Yeah. I'm so, still confused by that. But, it was, um, uh, did
0: Cal, did you think that? Did you think he was going to do a two-stop at the time? Who, Vettel at the yeah, time? Vettel. Yeah, when, um, he, when he was pumping in all those good lap times right at the start of that second stint. I,
1: like, yeah. We
0: thought genuinely, like, is he going to try two-stop? Because it I looks like think, that's what he's doing.
1: I think Mercedes pulled the old trick on ferrari Uh, and they've been two race weekends in a row now where they've kind of outsmarted the team that they're playing up against obviously not fully because they still left leclerc out but i think mercedes were heavily dummying on the fact that they were pumping in some really good lap times of hamilton on that first set of tires insinuating that they're going to be probably pitting and then obviously vettel pit hamilton was like "Mm, these tires are actually quite good can we stay out a bit longer And mercedes was like aha well we want to stay out longer anyway so this is good that you can maintain this pace And stay on these tyres for a bit longer. So uh, Ferrari did shoot themselves in the foot with Vettel.
2: I actually disagree with that. I said to Arav in the podcast, for once, Ferrari covered the undercut, which is something they don't do. They normally sacrifice one of their cars or they forget. I think Vettel was in prime position. We've seen it so many times this season with the second car. They just don't bother covering the undercut. So then... Like How much could have easily come in? They could have done the undercut in the Mercedes, and with one lap, he would have easily got him.
1: Here's a thought. though. Easily, gone. You can't. It, would you still say that Vettel's pit stop was successful or their, his strategy was successful if he had to pit for another set of tyres? That's the one thing. I I fully agree with you with the fact that well done for Ferrari for being proactive, but they're almost yeah, too that's, proactive. That's they pitted him too early. They got dumbed. Oh. Into I something think, that they're not used to. So obviously, they're, uh, they're a little bit behind yeah. sometimes with strategy, and I they got dummied Aaron, into something where they thought they could the the do the end. I think the oddest thing about it is the fact that he pit that early and
0: then pushed that hard because yeah. it really just yeah. looked like a two stop. If they were going to genuinely do the one stop the entire time and they still wanted to pit early, then you just wouldn't have probably wanted to see Vettel
1: pumping in all those times. Like He gained like five seconds on. But both it's because mercs. of Hamilton's lap time, wasn't it? Because obviously, they were. Comparing his lap times, and I think, he Hamilton's two laps afterwards were quite competitive, and then that's when obviously he started to drop off. Whereas yeah. then Vettel obviously throw like right, you've to hit this delta lap time to to beat Hamilton out and not to stop them overcutting yeah. them. Yeah. So see,
2: here's what the I, house I and I said to Arif, I think they were in a lose lose situation. Unfortunately, with with as a team, they didn't have the race pace. And they had to sacrifice a car to win that race, and I think even Vettel knew that because you could tell by the interviews after he was quite happy to just play the team game because he yeah. even he knew as well they they were never going to get a one-two that race. It just wasn't going to happen. Mercedes were too quick, and you know at the end of the day, downfalls in the race is going to always beat. Well, sector two, yeah. Speed. I mean,
0: sector one and sector three, Ferrari had them covered the entire race, but yeah, sector yeah. two was just so powerful. More especially, tracks need to be like this, especially on the. Um, Especially when the tire was kicking in, sector two was just like, it swayed everything. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, uh, historically, and I look at Red Bull the last five years, you know, ultimately they're much better on Sunday because downforce is more important. You can keep up better. Um, and I think Mercedes had the race pace, and Freud were in a lose lose with Vettel because they couldn't undercut Leclerc to kind of stay in front. If they stay long, it's basically a lose lose because if they stay out long with Vettel, they risk getting undercut. If they go early like they did, then obviously you lose out in the long run. It, they, they, there was no way that race would have finished 1-2 for Ferrari, so they had to do it. And in my opinion, they got it spot on, like even Belato said, uh, because and they, they achieved the goal and that little bit that Vettel held up Hamilton was enough for Leclerc to win the race. It proved to be race critical. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Got it's, it's, still, it's, a,
0: it's an interesting dynamic, there Like in terms of like the way you where you say it was, it was obviously Ferrari being clever like that. I, but I think at the time they obviously didn't, I didn't think they did it intentionally. I think I honestly think it just worked out like yeah, that I agree because with that. I think the analysis from some pundits afterwards, like this is actually quite shocking the fact that you've got Sebastian Vettel, four-time world champion, has just played second fiddle to Leclerc and has just done a Barrichello job for Leclerc. The and it's actually with, very surprising. When was Ferrari's
1: last one-two? In the race, um, absolutely ages ago. <laughs> like,
2: I, the last one that I could think of, and it's probably I, not this one. I want to say it's Monaco 2017. That's the last one that I can yeah. think of, straight and away. that it's is a little
1: head. bit of a red herring because it's Monaco, you can't really overtake anyway. Yeah, I want to say I would agree that I can't, I genuinely can't. I'm trying to look, I don't through, think look they, look they the have had races. a scenario, and I, I do find it quite interesting because. I do, like, a fair play to Leclerc because he did, his pace was brilliant, especially in that first and to just maintain that gap and to just keep maintain the gap with Hamilton towards the end. Like, as he, he was just about doing enough and I think, obviously, a little part of everyone kind of wanted to see what would happen if Hamilton had a couple of goes at Leclerc because everyone did want Leclerc to get his maiden victory. Even I wanted to see that after a, such a torrid season of, of wins being robbed from him. It was just... It would have been interesting to see wheel to wheel because I don't think Hamilton would have been able to pass Leclerc because of the, the straight line to be different. Um, but th- this is the beauty of Spa and that, what I mentioned earlier. Like we need more tracks like this where it favours. I think the last time Ferrari had a one-two was in fact actually set, correct year. It was Hungary, twenty seventeen.
2: Oh yeah, of course. yeah. Ah, that yes, was when Vettel yeah. had his uh, one-sided steering wheel.
1: Yeah, when uh, Reichen was and there was yeah that was that was the race when Hamilton lost his radio and he wondered why the Ferraris were going so slow. Think it was. Yeah, um, I think
2: um, overall, I, I I agree in the sense that why why would the, the four time world champion play second fiddle? But this is where I've said, Freud just shot themselves in the foot by just straight away confirming Vettel to be number one. I understand it's a logical thing to say because he's the more experienced driver, but you don't really have to go out and say it. You just kind of. Keep it on the download. You have, have to say it. You're not wrong. You're um, wrong. But um, I think with the Ferrari as well, I just uh, me personally, I mean, I'm very critical of them, but I genuinely can't fault them for Spa because at the end, of the day, it wasn't their. Ra- I don't care what it, says, it wasn't their race to win because they didn't have the pace. It's as simple as that. Vettel blocked Hamilton from getting the win. So, um, so, for me, they play that right. Here's a question for you then, lads. That, Obviously,
1: it's looking like a slam dunk for Ferrari next weekend. Mostly, like, maybe 90% qualifying. you would put qualifying, yes. And even in the race as well, I do think, just because because yeah, the thing is, is, is so the, beefy the, the, in Spa. Yeah, the thing is, Monza
0: doesn't have a sector two like Spa. It just doesn't. It's exactly. like, the corners, yeah, they're corners, but they're like corners like Spa has in sector one and three. Like, there's some sharp ones where... Yeah, you can gain some time. Zones. Merck will gain yeah. some time. But I think yeah, if you, like if we look at the poll, if when we look at the qualifying comparison, when they do those videos where it's like side by side and they show a little graphic going up and down, Ferrari will just be absolutely stupidly gaining every single time you put the throttle down. Um, Easily. Here's,
2: yeah. here's the thing. What was their demise last year? Not Highway. their straight-line speed. Exactly. And that can perfectly happen again. And even at Spa, it was weird because I read an article um, when they done the race sims on Friday... They were suffering on the soft tyre and the medium was fantastic for Ferrari. But in the race, it was the other way around. The medium was really poor and uh, the soft tyre was actually quite good. Hence well, why they stayed quite competitive. I was
1: going to inquire was the fact that Monza's near Milan, isn't it, in Italy? Yes. Uh, as far as I'm aware. And I'm there is come. rain forecast for both Friday and I've Sunday. This. I've seen this. Tasty. So when we this say a it rains like slam Ferrari. Back into
2: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> this is just Ferrari's like the season. When it's a clear win for them, it's always something. If rain comes a good in, it's,
0: it's my, it it's Mert. can come back in.
2: I want a dry race personally, because as a, as a guy that wants Ferrari to win, and <coughs> I want I want a close championship. Um, if we can get a Ferrari one-two, I will take that because I want it to look not sort of a landslide in both championships. So um, I hope it and I pray it stays dry. But knowing Ferrari's like it probably won't. <laughs> and um, mm. you know they they, they could have had besides Spa, they could have had two more race wins in uh, Bahrain and Canada. And you'd fancy Monza as well.
1: But I do find it mad that Vettel hasn't had a legitimate race victory in over a year now, which does yeah. blow my it's mind a bit. I know Canada, he technically him. did win, but
2: still. it'd be nice if um, Monza was the one. I mean, it, it would be, be. Yeah, Germany was almost the one. Like, if he had done Germany, that would have been unreal. But um, it would have been poetic justice. But if, yeah. if he could do it at Monza, that would be. That would be, be quite something. I think
0: that would be quite something. Yeah. You you know know well, I really hope that occur. does happen. It'd be a very good feel story. Very good feel story for him.
2: We had Leclerc with the good feel vibe in Belgium. Exactly. I think if yeah. Vettel could get that in Italy. Because also, if Italy was also, you could argue, the start of it was the I know people say Germany, but he did bounce back from Germany to win at Spa. Yeah, yeah. And then he crashed again at Monza. So, yeah. um, you could say there maybe redemption for last year. But uh, I pray, I just hope it stays dry. I don't care if it's a boring race. I just want to see at least Two back-to-back wins from a non-Mercedes car, and then we go to like Singapore, which could be a Red Bull track. So again, Mercedes might be three races on the balance without a win, something yeah. like that. You know, that's would, what you
1: want. You mentioned about Red Bull, and I would like to speak about Alex Albon, like yeah, very very briefly, because I'm a massive fan of him. I think that I was so pleased that he had such a good race. Race to say that he had such an odd first stint, where he made up. I remember looking at him in the timing sheets, and I was like, why is he so low down? Like he's lap 20, and he was like 14th. Or something yeah. stupid like that. Like I was like, "We, you're in a Red Bull. <laughs> you don't do a Gasly on us. Like, please don't do this." And I was very, very pleased to see him come through and finishing fifth. A little asterisk. Absolute heartbroken for Norris. Absolute. I. I'm, <laughs> that is just McLaren. McLaren is definitely the most unreliable car this season. With ironically, to say that yep. this they've made so many more strides forward with Renault and making such a beast of a car these days um but i th- i honestly i think that was the perfect start to his red bull career and hopefully yeah. we can see him on the podium toward at least toward before the end of the season
2: well that's his target apparently that's what the team have set out for him to get one podium um
1: which is more than what gasly got
2: it's it's interesting because um gasly was another example so um, albon jesus <laughs> whoops um <laughs> albon was another example of proving that the soft tyre was the better race tyre because yeah. he was going nowhere on the medium. It just wasn't working. You could yeah. see, yeah. he was even, and I he think picked, it was he was going by Ricardo at one point. he
0: picked quite early for the soft as well, actually.
2: Yeah, he did. He picked like almost halfway distance and you could see he was just breezing through the field. Yeah. Like, it was so easy. So again, proof that the Sunday, the soft tyre was better actually, the better race tyre. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought he was phenomenal, to be honest, really good job. Yeah. Um, that overtake at turn on was saucy around the outside of Ricardo. That's, that's what that's what you want right there. That's why Gasly got dropped, and um, that's why he got. It was his other in. moves
1: as well. He was like the, obviously the Perez one was ridiculously brave to say that we've seen front wings fly off in that certain scenario. Yeah, true. And it was his move on was it Kvyat into the whoever he overtook into the final um, bus stop chicane, uh, where he basically. Uh, I think m- it was a has I think I think it was. Magnuson. Yeah, like he mugged him on the brakes. It might have been Grosjean or Magnussen. Absolutely mugged him on the brakes, and that that reminded me a little bit of Ricardo with those fresh tyres. He broke mm. so late, I was like, How the fuck did he break that late? It yeah. reminded me of Ricardo. Like, and you fully expected the car just to go steaming on past the apex and the, going into the runoff, but somehow to get it slowed down. Something about that Red Bull that's brilliant. It, personally, on personally I, like, I like
2: the turn one line, the turn nine one, because it was the only move for the race, I think, that wasn't on the straight, it that was, was true. Uh, some, somewhere else. At and least until the never bus stop, there's no DRS yeah true it's just we you never night. see a move around the outside of nine that's like I've, I, I, even before like these hot, dirty air machines I've never yeah, I can't think yeah. of a move around the outside I know Ricardo
1: was struggling on tyres but even still still ballsy to go clean around yeah, the outside especially sure. after being squeezed out of Rivage and then going oh you know Separately, what yeah. I'll just squeeze it around the outside instead then but yeah so
2: what
1: McLaren
2: in ter- McLaren huh I thought my, uh, we said in the podcast and Cal mentioned them but like even though I've been reflecting on it McLaren They've really had a good season, haven't they? I know, I know we're in the second half of the season now, but they've picked up where they left off. Like we mentioned, it poor quality, great race. Like Norris just kept his nose clean. And even the pace he had, he was 20 seconds clear of the well, car behind. It,
0: like, it's safe to say they're comfortably going to get that best of rest, I would say. Um, and like oh, I said, easy. the
2: unreliability, how many points they've actually thrown away. Like, they could be. Well, yeah, the we, we said this on so the. the, on team. the
0: uh, instant race reaction of just like, you know, they're where they are with all these issues. So, um, you know. Yeah. I think i think also that uh, I said this at the same time as well like I think they should be taking that approach of just having a fast car and an unreliable car rather than a reliable shit car basically Yeah. Um, I think yep, this agreed. year now especially now where they're at with the points they've got to Toro Rosso the next car next team they can afford just to chuck everything on that car try new things push stuff that maybe shouldn't be pushed usually and if it breaks it breaks because they, they can just get data basically of what's going to be better for them for next year as well for next year's car
2: and start working on next year as well to be honest like, yeah i'm sure they're already i'm sure
0: start. i'm sure more than any any team in midfield they probably started very early on next as year's as well,
2: car like, even like, then what's mad like Torossa, the next team but they actually got a podium like had they not got a podium the gap would be like even yeah it would be a lot
0: larger yeah yeah
2: so yeah, uh, yeah they've well, they, they had to, a really good uh,
0: season on Torossa, i think uh it only came out after the race was over uh, after sunday but uh Kefiat's, uh celebrations of uh, getting P7 from, what was it, P17 or 18 P19. It was a very good drive from Kvyat, to be fair. Uh, very Brilliant. understated as well, because he didn't really see him much in the race. But uh, the just the celebration for me, I think told me a lot about the mentality that he's got in his mind. And actually that, yeah, you know what? He's probably actually not that peeved off he didn't get the Red Bull drive. I think he's got the, I think he's in such a good mental sp- space of just like, he's, he's on his comeback, his the career spotter. 2.0, like he said, at Germany. And he's just enjoying... Being a Formula One driver and doing a good job in the car he is in, which doing that from P18 to P7 is a freaking good job in a Toro Rosso, oh, and yeah. it's, I'm happy for what it. Man. And I think he's got the right mentality now. At the end of this season, to be like, then okay, are there any teams that want me? Because I'm a bloody good driver still. You know, I can do bits for you, do the job for you. Come, come get me.
2: That's that's what I meant. Like we spoke about a few podcasts ago, and like you were saying, if should go in, and I was saying like, no, I don't think I don't think he would go because he knows he's in a good spot and I think it's a good chance for him to really get that confidence in yourself as a driver to really believe in yourself again after such a you know bad couple of years and um like I said, at the end of the season you can kinda of reevaluate and be like, okay, I think I can level this up and I go somewhere. And there'll probably be a seat somewhere, you know, you could argue maybe Haas, Alpha or he could maybe he could go Red Bull for next season. You know, not right now because obviously Albon and whatnot. But let's say if Albon didn't perform, maybe with a clear, you know, fresh mindset and a full winter, maybe then he could go into Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like I said to you, for me it was the right call, I'm I'm happy instead of at Retor also because it, it's it's a good environment for him. I think to 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 maximize. His performance and it is. again, he was another one as well. Start on the medium, finish on the soft. Went, it got really strong at the end. Yeah, that
0: was a strategy to be on. Actually, everyone that signed soft really
1: did not
0: yeah. uh, pay off.
1: The cream lot. of the crop at the minute are ry- rising to the top at the moment, and it's. I've I've said this before, but like, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying like the fact that there's so many good drivers on the grid at the moment, like. I don't know. This It, it feels is like one of the strongest is, grids that we've ever had. I think it is. Yeah. yeah it is one of the healthiest grids we've had. In terms if we drop this. a, why Perez has got three extra years of racing point. I really don't know. I know he's an all right driver, but I, think we, I think we said this on the race reaction. I think, I think we
0: did. Um, but oh, I, might have just sure. said it, I might have just said it to, to Niren, maybe, like, like, off the podcast, but I, it's just stability for them. It, I think it's just it the is, case yeah. of, yeah. for the first time in a long while, they have money, it so it. It it they just, just want it, yeah. three years of the same drivers, and then that's
1: one less thing to worry about, and they could just continue to pump in this money they've never had before to try and it's improve this car. To racing point for making the most of Spa, because they've always gone strong at Spa. I mean, it's the home of their first ever pole, posi- yeah, ever exactly. pole the position. Yeah, exactly, the spiritual home, and pretty much. Exactly, and I mean, <laughs> well, fair play, is. because sixth is, is a really decent result for them, getting a good, decent amount of points ahead of the Torosos, which is massive, ahead of the Renaults, um, and obviously snatching ahead of the uh, McLarens as well. The fact that they were best of the rest of that race goes, show you've got to be in it to win it as well, and that's the, the only asterisk above McLaren, and... It's also, like I want
2: risk to... on <laughs> best of the rest. Yeah, exactly. Asterisk, but yeah. Exactly, and also um... what
1: I wanted to very quickly bring up is the fact that the one thing that breaks my heart about McLaren is they're starting to get good a year and a bit before the new regs. Like I think that's quite yeah. typical. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It's that's hard. not guaranteeing the fact that they'll have not like not not guaranteeing saying that oh they're not going to have a good car in twenty twenty one, but
2: I wouldn't is, worry too much. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's a I'll give you, fan. I think it's I'll a, can- give you a couple of examples. Like it's not a problem historically. It seems um, 97. They were starting to get strong. They won a couple of races that year after such a miserable mid 90s. And then the 98 regs came in with the narrow cars, the groove tires, and all that kind of thing. Mm. And they were winning like champ- that. They were champions that year. So um, also 2006, 2007, 2008. After the V10s, they moved to the V8s, and they just kept on getting stronger. with that when Hamilton came in. And yeah. they just won stuff. So uh, I won't worry too much. Even 2014, like they were better in 2014, I, mean, I the, think, than the, 2013. The engine regs
0: won't change. That'll be all fine. I think aero-wise, yeah. I think for them, like it would have been an issue had they not been this strong this year. But I think they truly have turned the corner of solving whatever hole they were going down of like a concept or the way they worked or like the workflow in the factory. I think they've turned that corner now where they can now look at a reg change and actually tackle it. Well, obviously there is that tiny, there is that tiny bit of like, they can, they can mess it up. We'll see. But yeah, I, I would, I would, at this stage now, I'd be confident that they could still be exactly where they are. Basically. I don't think they'll, I don't, I, I find it tricky to see how any team here in this grid is going to make a huge leap. Honestly, I think there might be a little bit of shuffling at the top. I, ho- I really hope yeah. so. But I don't see a kind of miracle leap from any of the midfield guys. No to, 2009 to top. vibe, I Yeah, no. But I, I would um, say now, having this half season, I would be kind of putting some money on the car and pretty much staying put. Whereas at the start of the season, I still would have doubted quite a bit. But they've really yeah. shown they have turned that corner, really. I think, yeah, I think you know, they've
2: got so, a wind tunnel on. on the way as well for the ne- next year. That'd be big for them, a new wind tunnel. Um, and also, just generally, I actually think it's a good thing they're getting good now because it takes that pressure off, and they can, like we said before, they can focus on next year's car. And if next year's car, so they can focus on twenty twenty one. You know, like it's a kind of a reciprocal thing. So
1: I mean, they've got a lot of sponsors on that car as well. To be fair, like, it's exactly. looking quite yeah. healthy. Um, I before like, <laughs> we start, obviously, on the Monza predictions, there's two more things. Obviously, I've been away for a while. One about the hawkenberg decision to drop him. Yep. Not yep. surprised in the slightest because really no just because he bottles under pressure like Germany was his one opportunity and yeah. he fucked well it. I I said in the in my little reaction video that I think it's just also I think Renault needs
0: a fresh slate at this stage like they've got like Holkenberg's done a great job for them since they joined they went from ninth place to fourth place in the constructors yep. you know he's been a great little worker for them but now I feel like with Ricardo here and there needs to be another another, another new clean slate face. like they did like with Hulkenberg. Yeah, yeah, like when they brought Hulkenberg in first for ninth, there needs to be a new clean slate from fourth upwards for a new springboard of energy exactly. for Hulkenberg
1: and Ricardo. And basically. I'm delighted for Ocon because he did deserve a seat. I'd be really, really annoyed if he wasn't on the grid next year. And again, that adds to my point that there is another strong, like strong drive on the grid. I'd like Hulkenberg to go to the likes of Haas I do see him slipping into Haas. I'm not gonna lie. Grosjean leaving.
2: It could be Alpha as well. If hasn't got a contract for next year? No, but Gio is the one that might get dropped. Oh, um, well, because yeah, Alpha's got Gio money Gio now. Not... They're not Salba. They don't need um, a driver that brings in money. And even then, the, the Ferrari link's there, but it's not like a, it's not a Haas. It's not. Yeah, it's the not thing, thing is as well.
1: Link. I don't think Giovinazzi helped his case by putting it in the in the wall on That's the very last I lap said. of the Grand Prix. That's what I said. Like come that's you do one every last of the pre-weekend but not the last one
2: <laughs> literally when, you're, when, when it comes to the end of the season or like near the end and you're kind of valuing at drivers and you're like okay what's he done this year and Gio's only got one or two points to his name that could have been a good chance I said to have to double his points had he pretty much
0: Yeah. he yeah. was
2: comfortable ninth no one in front no one behind he had no pressure at all and he was like that's such a bad mistake to make when you've had such a poor season for lack of points and you've had such a good driver some crack and cracking overtakes as well he did some fantastic moves um. Yeah, that's uh, that's like a a massive strike. Really, really poor from from Gio, and uh, that that could cost him. It genuinely could. Yeah, yeah. Because, I think I'll be I'll be shocked if Hulkenberg isn't on the grid next year. I'll be genuinely shocked. Because Grosjean and Gio have been too poor. To
1: I I think Grosjean will be happy to bow out though, because he says he's happy to move into something else. Then yeah. again, though, what's Kubica saying?
2: Well, I think ultimately, he, I think he completely backs the Williams team at the minute with his sponsor.
1: He's ultimately backing up the rear of the grid as well.
2: <laughs> Listen, you need someone uh, to fill that gap. What can we say? Yeah, to, uh, oh, and guys. that's
1: also the other thing I wanted to bring up. Fair play to Williams because data-wise and percentage-wise, they've caught up massively this season. They've actually they have, caught up yeah, so they much. They're, they're the fair play to them because they, they were so last. And they've really caught up. So fair play to the guys and gals at Williams because I think they've done a stellar job so far just to catch up that much already up, um, they did to they did a half the of the team. season. Absolute bits. Absolute. I, just,
2: yeah. I just hope that what they said is true. That they said this card's a good base. There, I say they've, I think they even mentioned like, they might even just use this card to build upon for next year's one. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's very less, smart
0: from them. It's less, wo- it's less money less work for them so they can save more money for the reg- regulation change year. Uh,
2: exactly. with, with the asterisk being... Let's hope that that actually is true and this car is a good base to build upon because we've seen, we've seen well, before the thing like, is, where teams are like, the, oh, and we're and losing downforce, but we don't know what the hell's causing it. The thing, that thing that
0: is, though, this car, this car has been so bad and the ba- the, the, the raw, this car, raw car, at the very start of the season was so low that they have so much to gain that even if the car isn't actually a good baseline, I think they'd still gain enough next year for you not to notice it.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but then again, also on the topic of Kabisa, who who Would go in there. I mean, let's be honest, the, even then, like we're running out of well, that's the thing
0: for drivers too, like, He brings the money, and also the car is still going to be just as bad. So, putting Holkenberg in it's not going yeah. to do anything really for that car. I mean, if we uh, think to, be honest, to F2, in my, in my
2: opinion, he's a good driver, and he does bring in a big fat amount of sponsor money for a team of Williams, which you could argue does kind of need it because they've not had that much you know funding recently. And losing Martini was a big blow, and also as we saw in Hungary. He has got a big fan base, and that's always healthy for F one. It's always good to have um, yeah. you know, as many fans as possible. with That the was that.
1: That thing that I found that bizarre that how like slow he was and everything. But there are certain drivers like Latifi.
2: Yeah, again, but like Latifi's like, would would that excite you? Anymore? Well,
1: he, he out he outpaced Kibitza. <laughs> in the oh, practice yeah, session <laughs> I,
2: uh, it wouldn't it, it it wouldn't make me care anymore I, I still know Ru- because I still know Russell's going to I'd like to see
1: Nick DeVries on the grid I'm not going
2: mm. yeah, uh, to lie yeah he know has where he can go
1: well Kibitsa came back on the grid at the age of what?
2: yeah <laughs> but it's different because uh, well, he, have a, he has have a got CV. that little hair he looks about 40 my dad said this the other day listen the of the day, we're right <laughs> the fact is he has a CV, and he brings in a bit of money, and he's a name, and that's just that's just. Yeah, fat. I agree. No, I, I
1: agree with you, but I would, just don't, would, don't want yeah. someone. Also, that's it's like the grid.
0: it's also like I feel like with Tom like, like it's Williams like it actually just doesn't matter actually like, basically you can chop Williams off the, the the grid, basically in terms of when we're talking about driver lineups next year, just chop them off. Hmm. In terms of where Holkermo is going, it's either Hass or Alpha, that's it.
2: Or oh, an outside shot of Red Bull, apparently. If Albon wasn't to perform and Horner said they're looking elsewhere for options, I um, don't. I, I, they I always say Horner,
0: Horner's Alterson in a very different interview that they're looking at literally their three driver pool for the driver. Yeah. I know, but so he said, said, so there's the very contrasting the interviews months. out there.
2: The way they've been the last 12 months with their chopping and changing, <clears throat> Red Bull and Toronto combined, I, I, believe, I believe it more now than I ever would in the sense that mind, it could happen. at the
1: start of the season. Was it the start of the season that Alonso was li- Alonso's been linked to that? Is it yeah, Alonso's yeah? linked uh, Monaco Hulk I think linked. it's just silly season rumours. I don't think I don't think Red Bull have got the balls to be like, yeah, our own driver programme is not strong enough, so we're gonna go and get a driver outside the driver programme. I don't think they've got the balls. I don't think they've got really, I, I think I, I, I don't think do I know it. I no I don't think it's not even Red Bull. I think it's Helmut Marker would not also, be able to see. I don't there. think
0: they need to. They don't need someone to challenge Verstappen. They just need someone to do better, uh, to do well enough to be a second man to him. That's oh, but all that, they that's,
2: need. That's what we think. But I, I genuinely believe they. I think they want someone to challenge Verstappen, and they don't, they're not going to get that. Hence, why they're going to look elsewhere.
0: But what's the I'm logic hoping, in that? I honestly well. do not see the logic in that. From, there, oh, no, from
2: no, them, no, 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 neither do I. But th- I'm i saying. do
0: not think they're thinking like that at all. They,
2: they've like? burnt they've burnt through their entire roster hoping to find someone that can lay a glove on Verstappen I'm hoping Albon is at one because there's no one left Then I have to call up Yuri Vips or something from F3 otherwise you know or Patricia Ward so I'm hoping Albon does the job but ultimately they've burnt their roster um, trying to find someone who is uh, half the driver Verstappen is which is rare you know yeah, so um, exactly. a bit of perspective maybe for them they need a little bit of perspective
0: well, let's uh, talk about Monza predictions then. Let's go for pole position then, lads. Sí, si I think, uh, well, it's going to be a red car, isn't it? it so, might which be a which red which, car. One, which which one, lads? Look well, clear. I'm going
2: to go for Kimi Räikkönen actually. Okay. Uh, that's so. Maroon,
0: mate. That's maroon.
2: <laughs> um, right, listen here, sunshine. It's maroon. <laughs> it's maroon. It's maroon. I'm <laughs> on the
0: team. I would know. It's maroon. No, that's
2: that's <laughs> scarlet.
0: <laughs> Look, let's not get into the of the of the digital postcode of the of the colour in Photoshop. <laughs> Hashtag
2: F024AG
0: Yeah Um, Okay Go for your poll Leclerc Leclerc
2: Uh, There's the good feeling vibe And then there's just the logical one
0: Right Um, So pick one (laughs)
2: uh, Vettel
0: Alright I'm going to go for Leclerc I
2: I think I think
0: think He's shown shown He's now Picked it up a bit Finally In Ferrari
1: Um, Right Race then Top 5 What are we saying? We've only a twenty-five percent chance of rain at the moment.
2: Well, I mean, we could do a top six as you know there's not gas there anymore. That's could true. could be an
0: outsider. <laughs> um, no, but I, we've always, always done top five for a reason though, because it chops out that
1: one we won't do as well. So top five, let's go. Leclerc, Vettel, they're going to get one 2 If it's dry, yeah, there'll be a one-two, I think. And then we'll put Hamilton on the podium, Bottas, and then I don't think the rebels are going to do very well. So then Verstappen, Albon. If Too it rains,
2: Hamlet, if it rains, Hamilton wins. But if it's dry,
0: twenty-five percent chance. So I, I Vettel, I'm going to way. No,
2: L- Le- Vettel, Leclerc, Lewis, um, uh, Bottas. I was to go Verstappen there, but I just think they're going to. I think they're going to lack a little bit of straight-line speed. Then again, Verstappen was running a used engine at Spa, or Red Bull were as a whole, I think. Uh, um, Verstappen was. Albon had a new one. Right. Um. Okay. Now I go Bottas for 45. Get cars too quick. Uh, Verstappen P5.
0: Yep. Uh, unfortunately, Monza's <laughs> when Monza's dry, it's not actually a very interesting race. So I'm gonna go with Leclerc and pole. I think he'll probably if he gets pole, he'll seal it through for the win. So, but I want to I, w- I want Vettel to win. So I'm gonna go Vettel, Leclerc, Hamilton, Bottas. Verstappen, that I—it's just going to be a very dull race. It, let's be real. If it's dry, it is just going to be a dull race.
2: But let's do the rest of the top ten because I
0: think Red Bull, I think with Al, I think Verstappen should get out of the same spec engine that Albon got, and so therefore I think the Red Bulls actually be okay enough to be in no man's land. So I don't think any, anyone will actually touch them.
2: Yeah, it just, depends, it just depends if Bottas has a really bad day, like a really bad. All season. that, yeah, yeah. If he has Cause, a, cause maybe then, and then Bottas battled last year at Monza they were like when I think Verstappen pinched Bottas yeah so may- maybe
0: Verstappen game if Bottas is a bad day um, yeah, that's what
2: well. I was thinking about it like, maybe shifts, yeah. like, split them around but um, you know bearded Bottas 2.0 yeah. could turn up you never know yeah, so exactly. um, Fucking um, that's, an, that's
1: an old meme that, that, that's we, the yeah. Grand total. what two races <laughs> yeah no, good four stuff. four
2: or five races um, I'm going to say sixth to tenth because I thought like the top five is quite predictable okay. um, and I think the midfield battle could be interesting because there's a few cars there Racing Point, McLaren, Alpha's home race, even Renault—they were speedy up until Sunday, really quick. So um, unfortunately, Alex Albon gets P6, and I'm gonna give a double McLaren. You're Sixth giving them high seven, hopes. Sorry, to say sorry not seventh and the eighth. They are though. I think that's their strength. They're kind of like Ferrari. They're yeah, being not quality. So they're important. gonna
0: be so far back. I'm going to... St- because they weren't. They lead. weren't good in a straight line in quali, Spa. They
2: said qualifying predictions, it's a race prediction.
0: Yeah, but in the race, they also weren't that quick. You realise that as well, in the race.
2: Yeah, but Norris... Could for, some, be-
0: for some reason, they lost actually a lot. Like I was saying this to Niren, like, the, they compromised. It looked like they compromised their setup so much because Spa was, like, one of the first race weekends where they weren't top of the speed traps for most of the time.
2: Yeah, but as you mentioned before, Monza isn't so sick too heavy with corners, so they won't have to yeah. sacrifice. I, I Anyway, this is my prediction. So McLaren 7th and 8th, and then I'm going to put Kimi 9th, and I'll stick a racing point with Checo in 10th.
1: I'll do um, Kvyat 7th, Science 8th. I'll I'll put a science up there, then Perez and Kimi. I'll go with...
0: Well, I said 6th Albin. I'll go with 7th. I'll go with... Uh, I'll go with Perez, 8th place, Sainz, ninth. I will go with. Uh, I'll go with Ricardo actually, and then 10th place I'll go.
1: Well, let's say can gets one little measly point, I think. It's quite hard to predict because you don't know what McLaren are going to be like, you don't know what Renault are really going to be I think like. The t-
0: I think the Tolroses will struggle at Monza. Because that's I why some
2: more interesting predictions. I think so they got saved
0: fun.
1: a little bit by the race chaos and also the fact they could catch a little bit up in sector two. See, that's what I find bizarre is that how Norris did so well because they weren't that good. It's just the fact that he. Well, no, for, right for so Norris, well. honestly, it was really just his turn one. Staying, I think yeah. personally, I, I
0: yeah, I think he just got saved by the fact of how that race panned out for everyone else.
2: He was still twenty seconds clear of Perez when he retired. He was twenty seconds ahead of him.
0: Yeah, but that's because Perez was fighting that entire race, though. Like Perez, at one point was like fourteenth, along with Stroll. Yeah, so he had to fight all the, the way up, up there. I think on, on, I think McLaren got very like it was a really, it was really sad to see him fail like that. But I think take some perspective, they got very lucky to even be up there. I don't think they genuinely had the pace. Like you saw it from Collie, they just weren't there. Like their, their speed was just gone for some reason that race. I really hope they yeah. don't. They hope they fix it because over the summer, it just I don't know what happened or the setup at Spa, they just weren't a bullet anymore in a straight line, which is like one of the key features and that made that car good this year. So it's, it's a of the bit delivery. Odd.
2: That's why they went. The st- to yeah, the extra black that's, paint. That's, that's what it was. The extra that's black paint was. weighed
0: them down. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's,
0: that's <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that's um, what it was. So that has been our predictions end for the Italian Grand Prix and our little preview for that and the talk about Belgium. So we'll see you guys next time. Uh, maybe not straight away on Tuesday or like Wednesday next week, but maybe on the Thursday. I think because the F1 esports Pro Series is running on Tuesday and Wednesday, so I might be occupied with that. But eventually there will be a podcast uh, for the Italian Grand Prix. But obviously there'll be the instant race reaction on Sunday. So. You can look forward to that. So, guys, if you did enjoy this one, then be sure to hit that like button. Let us know what you thought in the comments below about anything we talked about. If you are new around here, do subscribe to this channel for the podcast. Check out these two Twitter handles on the screen the entire time. We're obviously on audio on Spotify, SoundCloud, and um, what else? Am I forgetting? iTunes is that a thing?
2: oh uh, yeah that, was, that, that is a thing five-star <laughs> rating. No, I, I got
0: I got confused because iTunes isn't actually they got rid of iTunes but it's still Apple Podcast so I meant that Apple Podcast it is
1: late Arab, I'll let you off we are recording this at 10 past it is yeah
0: it's late half
1: past 11 it's been a long
0: day um, if you do want to support us directly you can check us out on Patreon as well there's a link in the description or if you want to get yourself a racing chair or something like that you can check out GT Omega and use the code pitlanef1 at checkout but that's been the Pitlane Podcast then for Proving Italy we'll see you guys for the instant race reaction on Sunday hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy the race on Sunday hopefully it's not too boring but might be if it's not going to rain but uh, till then guys have enjoy the rest of the day goodbye